0: Oh, dear Lord, thank you for being a savior to us. Knowing who we are, coming to us one by one. And even as you gave yourself for us, it was as if you gave yourself for us one by one. And as you come looking for us to rescue us, It's one by one. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own. Take our hearts, Lord Jesus, and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your namesake. Amen. In England, we don't have uh, a Thanksgiving. Uh, set aside, by the authorities and the powers that be with a vacation day and it's an amazing thing that here in the USA and we get to take it for granted that, that a time is set aside nationally prescribed as a day of vacation where we might Say thank you to God for all his mercies to us. All the benefits we've received. To take that spirit of thanksgiving, united as a nation, and express it on a given day, and make that a holiday. And for most of us, and I hear this often said, it's the greatest holiday of the year. Christmas is so busy with the gift giving and expenditure of it. Thanksgiving is about family, gathering for a meal, being together, and saying thank you. Well, we're coming to the end of our series about the joy of giving, the joy of generosity. And the theme has constantly been, through all our teaching and preaching, that it needs to be a joyful thing. Just to review with you where we have been, early on we spoke about giving as a gift, a spiritual gift, a grace from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7, it says, but just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. That so we need to pray for that grace. That God would give us, will gift us with a generous heart so that we don't just give but we give joyfully and express that giving not just by way of obligation and responsibility and we understand those things to be able to give back but to do it with an expansive generosity of heart and spirit so that it is expressed in joy. There's even a reference, and we looked at this early on, about the joy of those who gave out of their poverty. Listen to these words. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the saints. So later on we came to that very well-known verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Each man, woman, should give what he has decided in his or her heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And in that same spirit, another part of the scripture says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Jesus is given credit for that quote in the book of the Acts, more blessed to give than to receive. So that brings us to this morning. And our reading anticipates for us the results of that generosity. It's a nice bridge in a way to be talking about this anticipation If you're on our mailing list, you have probably already received the card looking forward to Christmas. And the theme of that is going to be anticipation. Well, what Paul does here is anticipate in the light of the expected and well-advertised generosity of these people that there is going to be In the first place, multiplied praise to God. If you turn to page 6 in your service sheet, or to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in your Bible, look at these verses. Verse 12, where it says this. This service that you perform, he's speaking about this generosity. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people and that's significant of course but it also it also leads to this overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving to God overflowing with many expressions of thanksgiving God, There is a human element in giving that meets people's needs and people are grateful. But the response Paul is looking for and anticipating is a multiplication of, an expansive presentation of praise to God. Verse 13 says something very, very similar. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. It really all ends up being about the Lord. So that when we give, it's not just giving to meet a need. It's as if we are placing it in the hands of our Lord Jesus. When we give, it's not merely out of obligation, but as an act of worship to give God pleasure. God is pleased, He loves the joyful cheerful giver God himself is the ultimate giver his persona is about giving God so loved the world that he gave and when we worship him with all that we have listen with all that we have it's not about 10% off the top that's for God when we give our lives to him We give it all to him. Our homes belong to him. Our careers belong to him. Our investments belong to him. Our giftedness, whether we're athletes or managers or workers at a gas station or whether we're students at school, Whatever is our pastime in sport and recreation, our vacation time, all of it is His. Don't ever mistake the giving to God that the bit that you give Him is the bit that's His. It's all His. Once we give our lives over to Christ... And he comes and sits on the throne of our lives. Then all that we have and all that we are is his. So we take our voices, our intellect, our intuitions, all that makes us who we are, and present it to the Lord. And it's about giving God pleasure. It pleases Him when we reflect back to Him, our response to Him for His giving His Son, Jesus, for us. Wherever we have been over these last four years, people will will all or have invariably asked us about our church and what we were doing with our lives. My wife, Kathy, would always say, It became like a mantra for us. Christ church loves God. The people love each other as well as loving the Lord. They love the Lord and they love each other. Someone was just saying that to me yesterday evening. I was at a home celebrating the birthday of one of the little children in our congregation got in conversation with a fairly new member of our church who was saying to me that the joy and the love that she feels here felt from the beginning here and she anticipates when she comes to worship here. That's all a part of the same amazing gift of our giving ourselves back to the Lord, enjoying Him and enjoying each other. And it gives God pleasure when he sees his children thus behaving. If you love me, said Jesus, keep my commandments. So there is multiplied praise to God, and we're thrilled about that. We're thrilled about it. Secondly, there is multiplied prayers for the donor, for the giver, for us. Verse 14, in this same passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Multiplied prayers for us. I'll tell you the significance of this in context right here. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He's writing from Macedonia, which is north of Greece. Corinth was in Greece. Macedonia has Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, are all part of what we call Macedonia even today. They're adjacent nations. But they're all Gentiles. Now Jews were living amongst them. There were synagogues in all kinds of places in the Gentile world because of the dispersion of the Jews. But when Paul writes to Corinth or Thessalonica, he's not just writing to a Jewish people. He became the apostle to the Gentiles. The division between Jew and Gentile, even today, is keenly felt. The community where I was the chaplain down in Florida for the last four years, <coughs> excuse me. there is a Jewish constituency there, and they let you know that they are Jewish. They have their own worship service once a month. Amazingly, they asked me to come and preach to them. I was chaplain to the whole community. And living together in community, they became a part of that community. But they were always distinctively Jewish and always wanted you to know it. In Paul's day, the Jews absolutely despised the Gentiles. And in the behavior of the Jews, the Gentiles came to be despised. Did I say that right? In the behavior of the Jews, the Gentiles despise the Jews. When the gospel gets preached, a miracle takes place. The Gentile believers are sending this money back to Jerusalem. And the Jewish people who had the hardest time receiving Gentiles into the family of faith are absolutely stunned and overwhelmed with the gift that Paul anticipates taking back to Jerusalem to the Jewish people in poverty and the speculation is by commentators that they were in poverty because having become believers as Jews by the thousands in Jerusalem they were immediately ostracized by their own. They lost their jobs, they lost the synagogue, they became isolated and in poverty, and that the Gentile believers came with this amazing generosity and gift was a stunning thing, and Paul anticipated that prayers of thanksgiving, and not just so, but their hearts going out, Not just perfunctory, oh, thank you very much, Lord, for this gift from those Gentiles. But their hearts going out with a kind of magnanimity, generosity of thanksgiving and praise for the Gentiles. Prayers on their behalf without reaching hearts, passions. Multiplied praise to God in the first place. Multiplied prayers on behalf of the donors. Donors. I remember Pastor Ed, a number of years ago, telling of a man who was excessively successful in his business, had a fortune, and gave a large chunk of change to a given poor community in Africa where they built a school. And that school grew and grew and became a very prominent part of that nation in Africa. Years later, that same man who was excessively successful lost it all. Himself was just an ordinary American citizen like the rest of us. But on the anniversary, the 25th anniversary of that school, they sent to him and asked him to come and visit with them. They had not forgotten him. And when he went there, And saw what the school had become. And how grateful they were. That his investment in them. Transcended. Superseded. Anything that he now had. Back home. But that gratitude. And their thanksgiving on his behalf. Was overwhelming. The close of this reading. The close of this teaching is verse 15, the last verse of chapter 9, where Paul absolutely has to return to his gratitude to God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Reality is that all this generosity is stirred in the first place by God's generosity. God's gift to us Described here as indescribable. Spoken of as, how do you express a thanksgiving for something that's indescribable? It relates back to chapter 8 and verse 9. Listen to these words. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that through his poverty, you might become rich. As we began saying, it's all about God and multiplied praise to him. So here you have Paul returning to that same theme. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, for those of us who've been Christians for any length of time... Our tithing and giving becomes a habit, almost without thought. It's just, we take it for granted of ourselves. My wife and I, from our very first days of marriage, and I for myself, and I know the same was true, coming out of Kathy's family, the way she grew up. But once I became a believer, when I heard what tithing was, and I didn't even know the word. Till I heard some teaching on it. And I asked what it was. And my pastor told me personally, it's 10%. From the meager earnings that I had as a teenager, began to give 10%. And in a rather perfunctory way, and even now with our, in our marriage and with our giving together, it can almost become a habit like just cleaning your teeth. Turning up in church, saying the Lord's Prayer. You go through the motions without the passion. And I do trust that across this series of teaching, God has stirred in you a passion, a desire, a longing, and an expression of generosity that is more than just a habit. There's a remarkable example, back in the 1800s, Queen Victoria, Her Majesty, the Queen of the whole of the British Empire that spanned the globe, which took in India, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the Bermudas, it was a vast empire. Parts of South America, I remember as a little boy in school, Miss Northway, yeah, that was her name, Miss Northway, teaching us, she showed us a map of the world, and there was a given color for the British Empire, and there it spanned the globe. She said, the sun never ever sets on the empire. And us little boys sort of went, hmm, well that empire's done, gone. Commonwealth of Nations, which we count as the British Commonwealth of Nations. I have become an American, by the way, don't mistake these words. But Queen Victoria, Her Majesty, was given a gift by the young ruler, a Maharaja, a young ruler of the Punjab. He sent what is now even still amongst anybody who knows anything about diamonds the koenor diamond it's known as the Inor diamond as a gift to her majesty and he was just a young teenage boy but was the maharaja of the punjab in india vast wealth that was his he sent this magnificent diamond which was added ...to the collection of the crown jewels still is today in the Tower of London. So when you go to the Tower of London, which is really a castle, not just a tower... ...the crown jewels, and amongst them the Kohinoor diamond, are an exhibition. He sent it as a gift, the Kohinoor diamond. But later in his manhood, he paid a visit to England... And was welcomed at Buckingham Palace by Her Majesty Queen Victoria. And he asked on that occasion if she would have brought to the palace the Kohenor Diamond, which she ordered, and it was brought under guard, so that when he arrived there, the diamond was there as well. And he came and knelt before Her Majesty. And I have his words recorded here. He knelt before her and said this. Your Highness, I gave you this jewel when I was but a child. Too young to know what I was doing. I want to give it again. In the fullness of my strength. With all my heart and affection and gratitude now and forever, fully realizing all that I do. I would love for each of us to present ourselves back to the Lord in that same spirit. Some of us, when we were but children, gave our lives to Jesus. This weekend, I've been going through photographs for my family in England, looking for photographs that go back a ways. It's amazing how in just a few hours... I've spanned my life. The melancholy, the emotions that are stirred. There is one photograph of me with our first and second born children, Carrie Ann and Chelsea, when Chelsea was three and Carrie Ann was four, taken down in Naples, Florida. It was in Naples, Florida at four years of age that Carrie Ann, our firstborn, was reading a picture book about Jesus. And rather graphically described in this book, pictorially, was the crucifixion of Jesus. And carrie Ann, as a four-year-old, said, why are they doing that to him? And Kathy explained why they were doing it to him. And Carrie-Anne, when she grasped that Jesus did that for her, asked Jesus to come into her life. That picture, that one picture stirred all these memories. Carrie-Anne gave her life to Jesus as a four-year-old in Naples, Florida. But as a teenager, soon to go to college... She was away at a camp, just like the camps we provide for our young people. And she gave her life back to Christ again. She regave it. Now as an adult, a young adult, understanding more fully what Christ had done and what she was presenting to him in giving herself. I'm asking you to do the same thing here this morning to give it all to him. We're going to be asking you as the choir sings and leads us to make your way forward and come and lay your pledge card in the basket here on the table, sort of almost a virtual matching cornucopia on the Lord's table in front of you. Spend a moment, don't stay too long unless you're completely overwhelmed and then we'll understand, but give yourself back to the Lord, present yourself to him, of which your pledge for next year's ministry is but a token and symbol, you're going to give him your all. Present yourself to him. So this is a kind of recommitment altar call. I wouldn't be surprised, but for one or two or three of you, this may be the first time you've ever given yourself over to Jesus, given yourself to him. Do it gladly, do it joyfully. I'm going to pray with us. The choir will sing. We're asking you to always move to the outside of your row, in other words, toward the window. Don't come to the center aisle and down. Move outward, come and present your gifts, and then go back, all of you, down the center aisle. Don't try and come back, go back against the tide. Come through the center aisle and walk your way all the way around. Pastor Barry and I will be down there greeting you as you come away from the Lord's table. And that's always a joyful thing for us as well. Bow your heads with me and let's pray for just a moment. Lord Jesus, thank you for becoming poor that we might become rich. Thank you for being made sin that we might be made the righteousness that is yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking all our guilt that we might be free from guilt. Thank you for laying down your life that we might have eternal life. Thank you for being ripped away from your family and executed that we might be joined to your family and become a part of your family to enjoy each other and anticipate heaven and glory together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And out of gratitude to you, out of love for you, as we present these gifts and pledges, receive us. Lord Jesus, we give ourselves back to you in the fullness of our strength, with all of our hearts and affection and gratitude, now and forever, fully realizing all that we do. If you've forgotten to bring your pledge card, there is one in the pews that you can quickly fill in if you know what you are thinking about doing and you've made that decision. Otherwise, just come and give yourself. Let's stand and join in the worship with the choir and you begin to move from the front and come all the way to present your gift.